0: Hello? Hold on. Hello? Can you can I got you hear you. me? I can hear you. How are you?
1: Good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, on the line with us right now on the phone, through the miracle of uh, modern satellites, uh, none other than uh, Jeff Abagov, uh, who is in California, and it's the exact same time right now in California as it is in Arizona.
1: It, well, two minutes different. No. No. It's just a quirk of the sun today.
0: I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. You know what? You know okay. what? Already, already we've learned. Uh, <laughs> a, little, a little background on uh, Jeff. Uh, he is the uh, author of not one, but two, kind of two uh, very uh, very uh, fun and entertaining novels. Uh, the most recent one is uh, Time Travel for Love and Profit. And the first one was, and I finally got it right. And it's not that the title is confusing to the normal mind. But confusing to me, and I would always mess it up the way an old person does. Uh, <laughs> but I've got it now, and it's zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs. Correct. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of <laughs> myself. Jeff, how are you? you doing good? I'm doing good, Tony. How are you? Uh, you know what? I'm, I was just telling people uh, um, pretty, darn, uh, pretty darn peachy. Uh, people ask me why I watch the news all the time, and I tell them... Um, uh, for me, uh, cable news is now what MTV was when I was younger. It's just on in the background. <laughs>
1: I get that.
0: Yeah, But it's also a way to count count my blessings. As I see things going on, I go, man, today I can count my blessings. Not that I'm better than anyone. Not that uh, adversity won't visit my life at some point, but I can look at it and go... All right, I need to appreciate what I have in this moment.
1: That that's wise. I mean, look—it's the show that never ends.
0: It's the show that never ends. It
1: goes. Remember that someone Did you- someone recently mentioned, uh, or uh, a very interesting way of looking at this year in our political scene in terms of television. The year two thousand nineteen is season four of two thousand sixteen.
0: <laughs> well, I'm hoping it won't be picked up for renewal in two thousand twenty. So uh
1: hey, well, I don't know, no, <laughs> you're hoping two thousand twenty is, is the season finale.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope there's not a frozen dragon. Uh, <laughs> do you do you watch Game of Thrones? That's the big uh everybody's waiting yes, for that. Do. Yes, I do. Let me me ask you this, because I said this to someone the other night, and they kind of cackled hysterically and goes, you're right. I was thinking the same thing. I said, right now, Game of Thrones has been off the air long enough for me to all of a sudden start going, what the hell is that? Why am I even watching that? It's been long enough that it almost, as I look back on it, it seems silly because I'm no longer as invested in these fictional characters.
1: Uh yeah, it is a mistake I think uh, a lot of shows make. These split season things, these long delays. Um yeah, you do get out of it. Now that said, when it comes back, I think everyone's going to be everyone who's watched been watching it so far is still going to watch it, but you're right, it it puts actually more pressure on them because we aren't like so in it. It's like we're more like, "Okay guys, what you going to do this time?" What you got for me? Exactly,
0: but now here's the thing. Okay, so I believe you that we'll get uh, reinvolved in it, and it's going to take a little extra effort, and I'll tell you why in a moment for Shirley and I to get reinvolved in it. But my fear is, I missed at one point. We watched The Walking Dead religiously, and we have friends on that show, people that I know well are on that show. So I have okay. two reasons to watch it, but I missed it three weeks in a row, and after that, I, I watched it one time. I go. Uh, all right, so uh, uh, zombies eating a guy's head again, Ugh. and I lost interest. Not a, I'm happy for my friend to be working on a, what is a well put together and well written show, but I lost interest in the show and could not regain
1: my interest. I couldn't go back to listen to for a whole hour. Well, on that show, I have a slightly different theory, but it might end up being the same end result. I thought that show kind of peaked some, I don't know how many seasons they're at, but I lost interest because I thought, okay, first of all, when when it started, I was a little bored with the zombies, where I thought it started getting really good, is once the humans knew how to deal with the zombies, they knew how to kill the zombies, they knew where the zombies were going to be, how to avoid them, and it became more about people. Yeah, um, that's when I thought it got really good. The zombies are loud, just wild animals you have to avoid, and it's about, and I thought the show got really strong then, then and I forget the character's name. The new fascist, yeah, came yeah, along. Vegan, right? They had already had the governor, so it was a little okay. You're doing this again, but his he was like too evil. I mean, even. The people around Hitler loved Hitler. Gehring, Goebbels, those guys. They loved him and he was nice to them. Vegan is just mean to everybody. You know, it, it did. It, that is around the time you
0: started going, I don't know. So it, it started having what I used to call the, the gun smoke issue. So you know, in, no matter what problem James Arnest found himself in, no matter how bad the bad guy, you knew that James Arnest wasn't going to die because he was the star of Gunsmoke. And right. I think mathematically, and, and I, you're probably smarter than I am in, in this realm, as you may
1: be in eh, a couple more. But mathematically, when you look at the number of oh, zombies... I'm, I'm for sure I'm better mathematically. I, 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 you might be better. You're probably better musically, but I, I'm better mathematically. Well, like you're... Sorry, you're, go on. Like you're, Sorry, you're a fanboy of
0: Einstein? Has you had an Einstein poster up and. You're going to go, Enrico Fermi. Man, that
1: guy could do an equation. Uh, no, I was, I was just really good in high school. Okay, uh, <laughs> go on. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you were saying about Walking Dead. Ga- yeah, oh, no, you're m- talking about Gunsmoke.
0: No, it, I was. It was uh, Gunsmoke. You always knew that James Ernest wasn't going to die. Festus wasn't going to die. Miss Kitty was never going to sleep with James Arnaz. These are things well, that, you
1: knew. That was the problem. The problem with all those dramas back then. You knew the doctor was going to cure the disease. You knew the detective was going to solve the case. Yeah. And that was part of going back to Game of Thrones. That was part of the brilliance. Spoiler alert if you've never seen it and intend to watch it, but I can't imagine there's anyone left who intends to watch it that hasn't. Yeah. But anyway, when what happened to Ned in season nine, in episode nine of season one, like just, that was shocking. And then they did it again at the Red Wedding. It was like, oh, my God. So when, like, um, I know a few seasons ago, when it looked like they were going to kill Tyrion, you're going, on any other show, you'd be going, well, they're not going to kill Tyrion. We all love Tyrion. Yeah. This show would. And you're really on the edge of their seats going, oh, my God, are they going to kill Tyrion?
0: And, and they may. I was surprised they let one of the dragons uh, become an ice dragon. So uh that that bum- I was more um I was more bummed out about that than any people dying like, oh no not a- the dragons are so cool.
1: But um the problem no, but, but, but don't you think like any other show prior to Game of Thrones in that episode in that um series of episodes when it looked like they were going to kill him, yeah. you would know they're not going to kill Tyrion. Yeah. He's everybody's favorite. He's, you can't really say he's the lead, but if there is a lead, it's probably him. They're not going to kill him. But wait, they killed Ned. They killed John. They kill everybody. They, they might just kill him because it's going to be so shocking. And
0: that's why the show is so good is because they just kill everybody. Yeah. Where in Walking, yeah. in Walking Dead, it is mathematically, to get back to my, my math question of you, sir, yes. mathematically, the number of zombies and the length of time... Shouldn't all those people be dead? I mean, there should not be one living person from the original cast. It's just the probability that they all eventually get eaten by a zombie. It's just too great for me to believe any of the any of them are, are alive.
1: Well, I, I'll give two answers. One is some would survive because, like I said, they learned how to. Kill zombies, avoid zombies. Like one on one, I mean, one guy, any one of the survivors could kill three zombies easily. When you get to four, five, six, that's when you're in trouble. Um, so, yes, yeah, some would survive, and then I'd say, okay, this is the show about the ones who survive.
0: If you, if you, if you were uh, now writing um, uh, Walking Dead, okay? Anyway. Like, I haven't seen it for a while, but if, if all of a sudden, me neither. Me okay, me neither. And you know what? In, in, in in the realm of probabilities of anyone that I speak with, uh, there's a greater chance of anyone that I know, uh, you have the greatest chance, because you've run uh, and been in charge of and written for some pretty big shows. So it's a realistic possibility. For most people, it'd be like, okay. I wouldn't even know what to do. If, if you were gonna do it, You, I know what to do. What would you do with The Walking Dead to inject new life in it and uh, uh, increase the interest? besides firing Chris Hardwick from that show he does
1: afterwards? <laughs> Off the top of my head, I don't know. What I would do first is think about it. And the first idea I had probably wouldn't be the one I would go with. So I can't answer that just now. Plus, I haven't seen it for a long time, so haven't thought about it for a long time.
0: Here's what I would do.
1: Okay. Ah, that's what you want.
0: No, asked. no, no. You didn't really I, I want thought,
1: an answer. No. You just wanted a setup for what no, you would do. no.
0: Okay. <laughs> I was inspired by my own question. Okay. Okay, here's what I would do. I'd make it so someone found a way to de-zombie zombies. To what? To de-zombie zombies.
1: Well, that would end the series.
0: No, no. So then the goal becomes to go around de zombieing the zombies, but almost like in, in the hearing-impaired community, there's a small, yet uh, vocal, which is odd for a hearing-impaired community, a uh, small but vocal community that is opposed to things like cochlear implants, because they say that by giving people their hearing back, you're destroying the uh, hearing-impaired culture. I don't know if you know that. It's weird, and it's true. So um, I,
1: I, I believe you. Okay,
0: so there would be, in my show... There would be people who they could de-zombie zombies and there'd be people who are opposed to it because it's now changing a way of life they know and then there'd be fights over which zombies get de-zombied first and here'd be the kicker, here'd be the kicker, somewhere towards the end of say a 13-show uh, arc, one of the de-zombied zombies would re-zombie. Okay. Yeah,
1: like in the the play Flowers for Algernon. So, the, the, but what if, when when if you dezombie some of the zombies? Won't they just die? Like the zombies no, who are no. like have no bo- no body uh, below their chest, so they have no like digestive system. Their body just, goes like, back.
0: It's 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 like in a petri dish. How you can regenerate them?
1: Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't. Th- I, don't I don't think I'd be come back to the show for that.
0: For the de zombie re zombie and like then um all right so you know like the kid I think is dead the one eyed kid oh is he yeah I think he's
1: dead which okay I, he, I, he died then he died before I stopped watching
0: yeah then um in no all,
1: no sorry sorry he died after, after I stopped watching and
0: yeah. the the other problem with the one eyed kid was in one episode they showed him with his without his eye patch and I go all right I don't want to look I look at zombies all day I don't want to look at that kids you know unpatched uh,
1: missing Okay. Eye. My zombies are better, by the way. Your zombies zombies. are better, you know?
0: (laughs) 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 You wrote a book about zombies. I did. Zombies versus Aliens versus Vampires. You wrote a book about. You've got Game of Thrones, you've got Walking Dead, you've got um, the movie Aliens, and you've got
1: Dracula all in one book. How do I have Game of Thrones? I don't have Game of Thrones
0: uh yeah because you have dinosaurs which uh I have
1: jurassic park
0: you have jurassic park yeah they're not dragons i'm sorry you know what i screw, i just blew the whole interview i just screwed up the whole damn thing <laughs> i don't know what i got. i don't know what to do i think i'm gonna go sit out in a mud puddle and cry um you have jura- i always say jurassic, but that's not how you say it is it
1: jurassic jurassic
0: what is jurassic? do
1: you know what does that mean um i think it's an actor from sure, Czechoslovakia. Sure sick
0: you know, yeah, and you know what? He got in some trouble recently because he touched someone's butt. Um uh you've got, <laughs> You've got Jurassic Park, you've got Dracula, you've got uh a Sigourney Weaver movie in Aliens. You got kind of a Sigourney Weaver type character in zombies versus Aliens versus Vampires versus Dinosaur. What you say to the of, yeah? Yeah, the female who's uh the woman who's married to the uh, president? Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of bu- Buffy grown up. Buffy grown up. So let me ask you this: when you're writing, when you're writing novels, and, you, and you've written two so far, that is correct, mm-hmm. right? Midway through my third. Midway through your third. Okay, good. And, we're and gonna... the
1: third, this one's going to be the beginning of a series, assuming I pull off the first one. I never really know till I'm done if I'm going to like it.
0: Will there be nudity?
1: Uh, you mean p- pictures? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making? A, are you making a comic book? No, that's I call why, it comic books. You mean will I say? And she was naked. Yeah, I might. You might. I might. So there is nudity. There might be. You know, I don't. I, but I don't, you know, if you think about it, under no matter what someone's wearing, under their clothes, they're naked.
0: That's that's true, and under that, they're they got bones. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't go past bones. Yes, you can. No,
1: bones are under everything. No, there's tissue and organs and. Those are on top of the organs. bones. No, the heart's uh, surrounded by bone. The brain's surrounded by bone.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. You know what? I, I'm looking at bones in a different way now. <laughs> I never liked the TV show. Glad you
1: helped out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there may be nudity. I, I don't know. I don't, you know, uh I don't believe in reading a novel without some nudity. But um there was nudity in Grapes of Wrath. So, um how do you if you're going to write a book called Zombies versus Aliens versus Vampires versus Dinosaurs, are you just sitting there staring out the window one day and it all comes together or was it in the writing process? How did you how did how did this seed germinate?
1: Um I don't fully remember how I first first came up with the idea. I know there was a point when it was zombies versus um, aliens versus vampires, and I went, "It needs something more." <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Maybe it's, you know, the, the comedy rule of three. Yeah. And it, which is both a rule and completely predictable. Yeah. That it just felt like, no, it's got to be four. It's got to be four things. Um, so, but once I kind of had the general idea, it was just like, okay, what is like each story in itself? Because they're kind of four different stories that all come together. So it's like... um. Talking about the process is so boring. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but he asked. Um Is yes. um, what is each story on its own, and how does it come together? And you know, early on, who are the bad guys? Because it could have been any of any of them. Um, who are who are the middle guys? Um, like for example, in this, it's the. And this isn't really so much a spoiler alert. The aliens are the bad guys, and the vampires you just don't know. They have their own agenda, which is sometimes bad, sometimes good. Um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And well here's okay, here's one thing that happened. Originally, as I was writing the vampire the zombie story, and I knew how it fit in the end. And so it just had to be like, how does the first zombie emerge? And how do they grow? How do they grow? How do they grow? And it just wasn't working. It was just boring. And what I realized was what was missing from it that was since put in is the human element. Zombies on their own are dull. Zombies yeah. are like on that TV show. Yeah, right. You, but we're not watching the zombies. We're watching yeah. the humans deal with the zombies. Did you have that song by that
0: Irish band going through your head while you're writing it? Zombie, oh, oh, what's in your
1: head? Was that going through your, your no? No, but for some <laughs> reason, uh, green alligators and long neck geese.
0: <laughs> so, listen, both of these books are fun. And let, me, let me tell you why I was uh, uh, su- not surprised that you wrote books. I wasn't surprised that I go, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and I wasn't surprised that they are entertaining, and I'm not, enter- I'm not surprised that they're fun, but I didn't realize how much you're into, like, science fiction and time travel, and I'll tell you why, because uh, uh, you and I uh, talk quite often. I count you as one of my uh, very good friends, and, and I'm proud, uh, I'm proud uh, to have someone like you as a friend, but in all of our conversations, which are generally about pol- politics or people or life... Uh, when we talk about writing and entertainment, we, we'll talk sometime about shows you worked on. You worked on Cheers. You worked on Grace yeah. Under Fire. You worked on Roseanne, the first iteration of it. And none of those elements uh, of time travel and zombies and aliens and, were any, in any of those shows, yet you wrote very good stuff for those shows. So the whole time you- you're working on Roseanne. Were you thinking, man, I'd just like to ever go back in time?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, did you ever sit there in the writer's there, room? There, there, was a, there was a time, uh, an episode we had to do, we didn't want to, um, where she came in and said, like, I got a great idea. Arnie gets abducted by aliens. Yeah. And we're going, like, not on this show. <laughs> Yeah. Like, this is a very reality-based show about hard-working people. You didn't jump it all over it, that? and Go, yeah, I've been waiting for this and, moment. And we kept, like, putting it off, hoping she would just forget and, you know, it would just go away. And finally, um, she kept, you know, kept bringing it up. So we realized, okay, how do we ground this in reality? So at the time in the series... The character Arnie, who was pre- played by Tom Arnold, was dating a character, I forget the character's name, played by Sandra Bernhardt, and they were in this kind of weird romantic relationship, and so the way we... Hold on hold, the the on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
0: hold on, Tom Arnold and Sandra Bernhardt in a weird romantic relationship, that's so... <laughs> Hard
1: un- to believe, right? I, 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 so one think. day, this is how we dealt with it, one day... Sandra comes into Roseanne's house crying, and she says, Ar- Arnie left me, Arnie left me. So, like, how do you know? He left a note, and Roseanne reads the note. Dear Sandra, I- I- I've been abducted by aliens. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: in one way, both, <laughs> both of those, those shows, which were both great shows, Grace Under Fire was a great show. Uh, Thank you and uh, uh roseanne was it was a great show a, a, a number a number of shows you've worked on i mean you know uh whenever you mention the shows or i ask you you never you know you're not one of those people who, i know certain people come up in los angeles they'll shake your hand and go hi how you doing uh, ralph bunch and i've been on uh, charles in charge four times how you doing you're like, ah, <laughs> you know you, you you don't you don't you don't walk in with that you don't walk in hi i'm jeff and, Here's what I written. Book. I would never.
1: I, I, if I had worked on Charles and Charles, I would never admit it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 I can't even. I can't even muster words.
1: <laughs> at one level, I
0: go, "Hey, you know what? Guys were working. They were able to put together something and sell it, and put it on the air. I get all that." But at the same time, <laughs> um, those both of those shows, the main characters were of the socioeconomic background of the type of people who come forward oftentimes saying they were abducted by aliens. Okay, yeah. You know, it's like Bill Hicks had a joke one time about He goes, why is it that every time someone's... And Bill used to claim that he had been abducted by aliens. They go, no, you're on LSD. Um, he said, why, <laughs> why is it every time we hear about someone being abducted by aliens, it's someone out in the middle of a swamp in a bass boat. He goes, I got a theory. Hillbilly aliens—they're out there dynamiting lakes themselves. Going, I don't know, you know, Planet Earth, great place to dynamite bass, and that's why that the aliens themselves are a bunch of rednecks and hillbillies.
1: Okay, well, I have a different theory. Okay, I want to hear it. Okay, if we let's say mustered the ability to travel through space far enough to get to a planet that has uh, intelligent life, yes, and we wanted to abduct one of them to study them on our ship. Yes. We wouldn't go to their major metropolis where everyone could see us. Yeah. We'd go into like the rural parts where there's no one around and just just get that guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: That makes sense. Speaking of time yeah. travel, and I this is I and I, and I I read the article and I read it twice and then um then I think a bird flew by the window, but I was thinking of you when I read this article. That scientists with a computer theoretically were able to make time go in reverse for a couple of seconds. Have you read this article? No, I haven't. Something called a quidbit. Do you know what a quidbit is? I've heard it. I've yeah. heard the word, but no. It, a quidbit is is a. I think it's the. It's all the ones and zeros the way they're put together. You know the way a computer speaks to itself speaks to the computer. Like binary, you mean? Yes. Yeah. It, it's okay. A, it's a, I think it's a unit of measurement for that. A way that they were able to put them together, they were able to... And it was explained... In the, I'm going to find the article, and we're not going to be talking to you next week because you are going to be in New York City, but the following week, and I'm going to tell people why... Uh, uh, we, we, one of the reasons why we want to speak with you a lot because you told me that you're planning on uh, coming out here in two or three months, and we want to let people know about that. So... Um, okay. Uh, we're going to be in new York, But the following I'll have the information A week from today When we speak again They explain it like When you hit a, uh, When you hit a bunch of pool balls With the cue ball And they all fall They all go apart Right It's like They were able to make it So they all came back together again They were able to reverse that process
1: But look it up But so you say theoretically Meaning They didn't actually do it They just Thought They came up with a way Where maybe it could be done
0: well, how much of science is still theoretical? You know, theoretical physics, you know? So uh, right. black holes are just something. I, I don't know. Have they actually witnessed a black hole? or is it st- No, I, they knew about black holes before they saw black holes through the work of, I think, uh, Einstein and that guy who uh, sat in a wheelchair for a long time. Hawkins? Yes, not Edward Hawkins. The, uh, Stephen, Sol- Hawkins. Stephen Hawkins. Stephen Hawkings, who I don't think is related to Edwin Hawkins, who sang uh, War, What Is It Good For? But,
1: uh I know the song, but I didn't know that's who sung it, so odds are no they're not related,
0: yeah, but you know, just like in uh so it, I, in the same reason, I guess that all the people in walking dead aren't dead um, <laughs> well, they're not
1: dead they're undead they're un- that's right, but you could I'll, uh, I'll give you i'll give you um one excerpt from my book because it's just relevant to what you said at a certain point where the war on the human side is not going well yeah and the general realizes there's all these zombies that they could kind of trick into helping and there's some controversy as to without going into too much detail as to whether or not they should to which the zo- the general finally says why risk the lives of our living when we could just as easily risk the lives of our dead <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you know what? It's funny, and it makes sense.
1: So, yeah, And by the way, to, uh, also, yeah, the, the books are fun, but they're not comedies, despite the title that no, might sound yeah. like they're comedies. No, I, and they're, I, the, I... Go ahead. They're, the, you know, they're legitimate action, adventure, romance. They are what they claim to be with some humor along the way, but they're not what one would think of as a comedy book. Just wanted to make that distinction.
0: How can people, um, uh, we're going to put up links, of course. We'll do that later on today. Um, But how can, if people want to purchase one of your books, uh, how can they go about that?
1: Uh, Amazon.com. Type in my name. Spell your last name. A-B-U-G-O-V. That's Alpha Bravo Umbrella George Over Victory.
0: You know, I wasn't confused when you just spelt it, but now you did that, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. <laughs> uh, that's how you can get both uh, these books, or you can put in... You know, I tried that one time when I, when I kept mixing up zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs, and I'm going, dinosaurs kill vampire aliens. I couldn't find it, but then it's when I put rock,
1: in... It's not rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> z- zombie beats rock zombie beats alien (laughs) alien covers vampire uh vampire cuts dinosaur see now i can remember it uh and time travel for uh, love and profit i like that uh i like that title very much uh what we want to talk to you about in a couple of weeks is so you told me the story one time and i'd heard a similar story years before but yours was a little better about people coming up to you finding out that you were a television writer and go, I have an idea for a television show. And you go, and, and, they go, and, and you know how to write television shows. You can, and you look at them and go, I have an idea for a television show too, which is why I got in the television business, so I could <laughs> <laughs> create my idea. So many people run around with ideas, and then they don't put their ideas into action. You're one of the people I know, and there aren't a lot of you, and the world would be a better place if there were, by the
1: way, but who... Hello. I have a couple of ex-wives who might disagree. Yeah, You, know,
0: you get a couple drinks to them and then you go, you know, he has good qualities. You know, <laughs> That's true. He was a lively dancer. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> he could cut a rug.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you something. My mask is way better than my dancing. <laughs> uh,
0: you decided to be in the television business. You learned how to be in the television business. You got in the television business, and then you succeeded at the television business. You then decided to write novels. You learned how to write novels. You wrote novels. You published novels. You've seen things through. And um, uh, I've got a I've got a selfish one motive is just I think people need to know that. The other one is a little selfish is that I I run workshops, and it's always where do they go once they know how to not where do they go, but how do they do? You know, and a lot mm-hmm. of pe- a lot of people sit there and they just write a bunch of jokes or they write a, a story and uh, they don't do anything with it because they get lost after that. And you're a guy who can give people some insights and in how you take that idea in your head when you're staring out the window and go, I have an idea, and then see it actually turn into something that kind of moves beyond you. Because once you have a television show show on the air, then it actually belongs to the people watching it, in a sense, as does a novel. That is true. So we're going we're gonna to talk uh, quite a bit about that, along with, um, here's another problem. I start talking to you, and we start having a good time, and I go, wow, we've done almost a whole half hour, and uh, uh, all we did was have fun. We didn't constantly <laughs> push,
1: and constantly plug, and constantly sell.
0: I think that's actually better. So, I think so too. I'll be talking to you uh, two weeks. I'll be seeing you in about three weeks, because I'm, I'm coming out your way in the first week of April. Okay, cool. But, uh, folks, if you want to read, uh, uh, you can see Jeff's work by flipping around on television oftentimes. And sometimes you don't know it's his work, but countless television shows, Cheers, Grace Under Fire, Roseanne. Uh, two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men. I forgot about Two and a Half Men. Two and a, you know what was on the other yep. night I watched was Platoon. And I'm watching Charlie Sheen, and I'm going, how did it go from this kid to uh, the evolution of Charlie Sheen? It's, it's fascinating to, uh, to watch.
1: You know? It is.
0: He could have been a great dramatic actor.
1: I mean, he was, you know, the... He, they, was, a, he was a great dramatic actor.
0: Yes. Yes, he was. He was. I mean, but he, could, he could have went along the lines of, uh, say, Sean Penn or Johnny Depp, you know. And, yeah, I mean,
1: part of his, you know, um, forgetting the personal stuff. Yeah. Part of the reason he's so good at comedy, in my opinion, is he doesn't play the joke. There's no telegraphing. There's no, here's the joke, folks. He plays it like he's the character saying what the character would say. And I I think that's part of why he's so funny when he plays funny, because he's not playing funny. that's That's not to say some people who do that. I mean, Jim Carrey, when he's playing funny, is playing funny. Yeah. And he's really good at it. So I'm not saying one is superior to the other um, but that's Charlie's take I mean he plays the comedy deadpan and he plays the drama real uh, anyway I don't know why I got off
0: no, you're absolutely right you know uh, um, I know that um, you had uh, uh, you had moved on from the show by the time uh, Charlie left it was replaced by um, uh,
1: Ashton Kutcher
0: Ashton Kutcher who I thought was great in another friend of mine, Mark Brazil show that 70s show you know and, and uh-huh. it's been good in other stuff but Charlie, she was so effortless on Two and a Half Men, at least on screen. It was yep. so effortless, and you're and it, it looked like he was just saying words, and he wasn't doing much, and everybody else was doing. And then after he left, and Ashton, as much as I and I actually, um, uh, I I'm an admirer of of the stuff that he does. He's not Marlon Brando, but he's really really good at what he does. Um, it showed just. And you don't, you know, I'm not asking you to agree or disagree or opine if you don't want. I go, wow, now you see why Charlie Sheen was so good on this show.
1: Yeah, I'm not planning I typically don't watch a show after I leave it. Yeah. Because you can't see it. Well, in Two and a Half Men, I was involved from the beginning. But let, let's say on Cheers, where I came in, I think it was think the fourth season, I'm not sure. But anyway, prior to being on Cheers, I was a huge fan of Cheers. Watched every episode, and these were days before DVR. Yes, there were VCRs, but they were a hassle. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So so I would like watch almost every episode, being home, and then I was on the show, and it was an awesome experience. And then when I left the show, I couldn't watch it the same way. Yeah. It's like... It's like I've been on the other side of the mirror, and I know it's real. So instead of, like, if Sam had a great line, instead of saying, oh, boy, Sam's really funny, I went, hey, that was a really good delivery Ted had.
0: Ah, I see. Yeah, it, it, can, it can change things. Well, listen, we got to go, and we don't want to go, but okay. we have to. Um, and okay. I, I've actually talked to you for four hours straight. Uh, two, straight, that. two straight men sitting in a house just talking for four hours. It's the oddest damn thing in the world. Uh, um, we're going to talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you before, you know, uh, one-on-one. But uh, two weeks from today, we're going to have you back on. Talk to you more about uh, television, writing television. Talk more about your, uh, your novels and writing novels and all of that. Jeff, thank you so okay. much for uh, thank calling you. in. you. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, I don't know why it is. There's some people in life that you just... Uh, and there was no real reason. There was no uh, um, work reason or he's my neighbor reason. Uh, I used to have breakfast with a group of people in Studio City about three or four days a week. And uh, it was a kind of a large group. We all kind of gathered and had a, a late breakfast at a place called Studio City and in, a, in a restaurant in Studio City. And one day he had joined and he and I started talking... And I did not know, I, I didn't know him from Adam. And I didn't know that he was uh, a TV writer. He was a guy at the table. And we started talking and uh, uh, we've hit it off and uh, we haven't stopped talking since. And what a cool guy and talent guy. Jeff Abagov. Um, if you've listened to this podcast with Jeff, I please, I want to encourage you to get other people to listen to it. If you have an interest in the uh, in creating entertainment and the business of entertainment they can be separate and want to hear someone who has been able to traverse both successfully you want to listen to Jeff Abacoff you want to listen to him and um, he told me um, sometime in the summer towards the end of the summer he's going to be coming out here and then I would urge you to uh, be able to come and uh, uh, listen to what he has to say live he's going to be putting together something out here and I, I, you should do that if you have any interest at all. If, if it's from a fan interest, I just want to meet someone who was involved with it and ask him, you know, what uh, uh, Tom Arnold's uh, like. I don't know that he'll really answer that question. He's, you know, he's he's very uh, gentlemanly about that. I've never heard him say a horrible word about anyone. Uh, the worst of everyone goes, Go. I, I just don't want to talk about that. But he's uh, full of great stories, full of great anecdotes, and full of great information. So you're going to want to, Check that out when he comes out. But I'd urge you to tell people to, to listen to this podcast and listen to him. And now you're not going to be able to listen at all anymore unless you are uh, downloading and listening because we're going to end. We're going to end because uh, we've got things to do and places to go. And uh, we would go outside and see what the world's like out there. We've been cooped up here in the home office in Maricopa for the past couple hours, putting together something that I hope is enjoyable for you. We'll be back in two weeks, same bat time, same bat channel. I want to thank Ernie Green from Ernie Green and Funny Friends for calling in earlier. You'll be able to see him live tonight at the Tempe Center for the Arts, 7.30 p.m. And uh, especially want to thank my very good friend, Jeff Abiga, for calling in as well. For my producer, it must be uh, my wife, Shirley Lovisic, and for my uh, assistants, Roscoe and Chica. I want to thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Oh.